cardboard box washed up on the beach. Holy fish paste! It's Bazzi. Cleveland! This is for you! I've been doing good like a naughty headed nigga spose. Never meant to make it past 20, what a nigga told. But I'm right here. I deserve a toast. Praise to the most high. I get high the most. Whoa, say hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm alive. Welcome, everybody. This is the official Bozcast. My name is Bozzy, B-O-Z-Z-I-E-C. You can follow me anywhere you want to. Um, just let me know, because if you follow me too long, that's going to be a little weird. <laughs> um, that's beside the point. Um, I am thrilled to be back, thrilled to be here, um, thrilled to bring back the official Bozcast. Um, it's a new look. It's a new sound. It's a new wave. I guess it'll probably be a little bit of a different vibe, but... For the most part, everything else is the same. Um, for the most part, I'm going to be by myself. Ema is focusing on other things. Um, she'll she'll visit from time to time, of course. Uh, that's my baby. But uh, for the most part, it's just going to be me and then whoever I you know deem not worthy, but uh, interesting, I guess, enough to, to bring in here and talk to. Uh, but to kick it off, honestly, it's just going to be me and you. So welcome, everybody. Um, I've been out of it for a little bit. So um, if you're listening to this and you don't know where you heard this from, uh, you can always go to um, my website at uh, official, no, is it? Oh, yeah, officialbiascast.com or just biascast.com, either one. Um, You can email me uh, at officialbiascast. You can follow the podcast page on uh, at officialbiascast on Instagram or Twitter, um, or you can just follow me at bozzyc. That's B-O-Z-Z-I-E-C. So, back to it. First off, I just want to thank everybody that's really been, like, clamoring and asking to to bring back the the podcast. Um, I think, for me, I need the podcast for a little bit of therapy. Um, I need the podcast to be able to get my thoughts out and to be able to get my thoughts out in long form because I like to talk. Um, and I like to be thorough with my thoughts, right? Um, but I also don't want to be apologetic. So the tone of the podcast is going to probably change a little bit because I'm just at a point in my life where I really don't care how people feel about what I say, but I do care how people perceive what I say if they perceive it the wrong way. So uh, my goal, and it, it's always kind of been my goal, but from here on out with the podcast, the goal is truly to just be completely authentic and and not and not uh flub anything up or fluff anything up um for the sake of somebody understanding me um if you don't understand then you don't have a need to be here um as you could probably tell if you are looking at the artwork of the podcast the artwork is a little different um it's very symbolic it's symbolic of point of view and perspective um if anybody doesn't know, I am from Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, so the things I will be talking about is just going to be from the perspective of somebody from Cleveland slash Northeast Ohio. Um, and if you look at what my perspective is, 
Like if you look at the glasses, i.e. perspective or how I see things, um, you'll get a lot of what this is going to be about. Um, I struggle a lot to kind of point on one thing, like what are we going to talk about every single week? Like I want to talk about this, so I need to be more specific about what the podcast is going to be about. That's not a thing anymore to me um, because I don't truly care (laughs) anymore. Um, I just want to talk, anything I talk about is going to be specifically from my perspective. Uh, There's a purpose and a reason for us to be using the official Boscast. It's not podcast, it's Boscast because it is from my perspective uh, and it is from my point of view. So with that being said, um, I would like to get started. First off, thank you for uh, Mellow Exact for allowing us to use, um, and well, thank you for Mellow Exact for allowing us to use uh, his song 20. Um, if you never heard of him, I mean, you could definitely look him up. I'll probably link this in the podcast um, info. Uh, but if you want to follow him, it's at M E L L O W X Z. Let me make sure I spell this right off the top of my head. A C K T. Um, dope artist. When I say artist, I mean art and music. Um, but yeah, in general, known him for a long time. So appreciate you for for being so kind and so generous. Because uh, I'm definitely afraid of getting sued out here using the wrong songs, uh, or my stuff getting pulled because I'm using the wrong songs. We don't want no parts of that. So uh, we just gonna keep it moving. Uh, anyway. For the first episode, I kind of it's gonna be kind of loose. It's gonna be kind of just I don't know, getting getting a lot of thoughts off, uh, because it's been almost a year since we've had an episode. Um, a lot of things have gone on in the past year, good, good slash bad. A lot of good things mostly, and every everybody goes through bad stuff. So um, some of the some of the things that we worked on, like we're in a new space now, um, so working with a little bit of new equipment. Uh, trying to get everything to to work cohesively. So if anything is off or a little funky from how we used to record, or if it's better, that's why. If it sounds different, that's why it sounds different. Um, and that's why it's been taking us so long, because we wanted to make sure everything was right. I say we because Ema is still a part of it. She helps me with a lot of stuff. So, But she has her own. She can't focus on, on this. This is my baby. So uh, yeah, with that being said, that's why things are a little different. And one of the things I just, I don't know, I was, uh, I was thinking about, I was dealing with, was just feelings. And um, I know this is going to sound generic, but feelings, I think, are some of the most important things. Um, and I just, I don't know, I've been realizing that people care about physical health. Um, and people have start, started to feel, uh, to care a lot more about emotional health, or uh, sorry, mental health, but I think emotional health is one of those things that we never really figure out how to deal with. Um, And the key to dealing with it is to deal with it. I know that sounds crazy, but when we need to lose weight, we might eat better things and we might exercise to get our heart pumping and to get our, our bodies going. When we are dealing with some mental issues or some mental strain, uh, we might talk it out. Uh, we might um, do mental exercises, whatever those might be. Uh, but emotionally, like we need to understand, like as people, we are multifaceted beings, right? Like we have multiple things that that encompass our health, 
right? So when we talk about health, a lot of times we just talk, we're thinking of physical. And as of late, you know, a lot of people have been thinking of mental health, but it's, they all come together to give you your overall health. And I just have noticed and realized a lot over my long, long slash short 27 years. Like, I understand things at a higher clip than a lot of my peers. And I, and I struggle to understand why that is. Like, I don't understand how I can understand something, but somebody two years younger or even two years older doesn't have that capacity. And, and it can't be my... It just can't be the sheer fact that I'm older or I don't, I don't know what it could be. But I think part of it is the fact that I understand sacrifice, right? And this is all going to come together, but I understand sacrifice. The problem with a lot of people is we choose the path of least resistance. Nine times out of ten, that is the right thing to do, right? You choose the path of least resistance if it's something going on. Um, if it's, if, if you're going uphill, it's probably not the right thing to do sometimes, but other times when, when struggles and strife or whatever comes your way, comes your way, sometimes the best way to do it is to just deal with it. I, I know everybody understands the, the old adage, especially when we, when it comes to physical health, um, no pain, no gain, right? This is the thing though. The same thing goes for every aspect of life, Right? When we talk about not being like no pain, no gain, what that means is you don't stop pushing up the weight when, when it hurts. You keep going through when it hurts, and you need to do about three reps while it hurts. That's how you build muscle. That's how you build endurance, and that's how you build energy, right? When I was running track and, and cross country in high school, um, you know, you run and then you get that cramp in your side. And the, and the first thing you want to do is to stop running because you know your the cramp is because of your running, right? When I was in, uh, not in college, but when I was in high school, our track coach used to be like, nah, run through that. Breathe deeper, run through it. And I'm like, man, this hurts, right? But eventually, while your body's getting the oxygen it needs, it kind of just regulates that cramp itself. And then when you run past that point, now your threshold for pain is further and you can endure better and you can endure more, right? It's the same kind of thing with, I guess, mental health, right? Like if you don't talk about whatever's going on, we're going to skip over mental health because I think emotional, emotional well-being is, it, it, you can't have mental health without emotional well-being, right? If anybody that knows me, and this is why I'm talking about this, right? Anybody that knows me, you know, personally knows I lost my father in 2013. He had a heart attack. And it was one of the hardest things I ever felt. And it sucked, and I hated it, right? And one of the things I did is, you know, I watched people around me and people deal with um, grief different, and I understand that. Um, but what I've realized more often than not, people don't deal with grief at all. They don't deal with it. They avoid it. They drink. They do drugs. They, they party. They substitute it with women or men or whatever it is. But people don't deal with their grief effectively because they're not dealing with it. So those are the types of people that cry when they drink. Um, those are the types of people that those are the types of people that um, 
have have these emotions and they don't they don't know what to do with them. They lash out. They get angry. The problem with these types of people, or the people aren't the problem, but the problem with what they're going through is that they're not dealing with what they went through, right? So when my father passed away, when I felt the need to cry, I just cried. Like, it didn't make sense to keep it in. I'd be at work, I'd just sneak off to the bathroom and cry real quick, wash my face, and keep it moving, keep it pushing. Um, and anytime I feel something, like, you know, if I miss my dad, which is often, but when I miss him and it, like, hurts, then I cry. I, I don't, I'm not too big of a person to do that. And as men, we're taught that we can't really, we're not taught, we're not taught that, but it's frowned upon to have these feelings, to have these emotions, to have, to have this hurt, to have this hurt. Like you can't be vulnerable because then somebody can take advantage of you. And it's, and it's a really unfortunate reality, but that's what it is. And then I'm just realizing that the people that are unsuccessful, by and large, the reason they're unsuccessful is a couple reasons. One, because they got so much muck in their mind and so much muck in their heart. Because emotionally, they never dealt with their stuff, right? What happens when you do that is you get into a pattern. You get into a pattern of not dealing with your mess. That is not healthy. That's not healthy because once you avoid one thing with drugs, you get into a pattern because you know that the drugs are going to alleviate and numb that pain for you, right? Uh, you know that the alcohol is going to alleviate and numb that pain, but you're not dealing with it. So now when you, anytime you get into something difficult or hard, you find a way to, to cope, not deal. Coping is not the same thing as dealing. Coping is putting up with the pain and dealing with that. Coping is taking an ibuprofen. That's what I was doing for a while. Taking ibuprofen for a toothache, right? Dealing with it is going to the dentist. Which one hurts more? Going to the dentist. I promise you, going to the dentist hurts more, right? Which one is the best benefit for you long term? Going to the dentist. You're not gonna. You're not gonna heal based off of taking the medicine. The medicine is not going to help you heal. The medicine is there to help you cope. So when I, when I see people struggling and they go through this cycle and this spiral and it just never stops and they're never okay, they're, they never feel good, it's because they've never had to sit down and deal with their stuff. One thing I've learned is to just deal with it. Two things happen when you deal with it, right? Two things happen. One, one of two things, sometimes both things happen, right? First thing. When you deal with your issues, you, you learn how to deal with that issue. So that's the first thing, right? When you deal with it, you learn how to, you learn how to handle that issue. So if it arises again, it doesn't hinder you. Or two, you deal with the issue and then you get to avoid it altogether. Because now you deal with it and you, and you think about, okay, what are all the things that brought me to this point? Oh, because I... I don't know, because I had a kid with the wrong person. Not doing that again, uh, because I, I don't know, jumped down the steps in ice, uh, sprained my ankle. I'm not going to jump it. I'm not going to jump on ice anymore. Like, once you deal with it, a lot of the times you, you learn from it. You really do learn from it. Now, when you keep avoiding it, you don't know how to deal with the problem when the problem is imminent. So now you fall apart. 
You fall apart. And a lot of people don't understand that, right? We, are, we learn so many things through life, but we never really learn how to feel, how to cope, how to really deal with something, right? And I don't want to use the word cope because cope to me means masking the pain, right? When I say deal and feel, uh, I mean actually going through it, understanding it, and, and making it out. You learn so much more that way. I promise you, you learn so much more that way. And I'm only speaking from experience, right? Because there have been times where you try to avoid the things that are coming up. You try to avoid the bill. You avoid paying this. You, do, you avoid these things. And then the bill comes through anyways, and now you still have to pay it, but now you have to pay it on somebody else's terms, right? Like, if you hate your job, don't get fired. Work that trash job, right? Work the job. Figure out what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, figure out what's going on. Get yourself a new job. And now you're living your life on your own terms. You can move forward that way. You can progress that way. Now, if you just stop showing up to work, now, you, now you're putting yourself in a bad spiral. Now, one day when you're just not showing up to work, you got yourself a great job making $55,000 a year. You know, you've never been in college, so making $55,000 a year is, is, a, is a blessing. Now, when you deal with something negative with your boss, instead of dealing with it and talking to him, you're, you stop going to work. And then when you stop going to work, you realize, oh, my God, I'm never going to find another job that pays me as well as this job paid me. It's important to really learn how to, to really go through what you're going through. Don't just let it happen. Don't let life happen. You, you have the power to affect what happens in your life. And I think that's very important that we, that we try our best to take full advantage of that, right? Like, I don't know. I, I, just, I just feel like, I feel like a, a lot of things occur in life, and I feel like you know, I watch a lot of people go through a lot of things. And if you can watch anybody, any celebrity, if you go down the same pattern, the same path, nothing ever goes well for you. When you go through things and you figure things out, and sometimes it's not the easiest thing to do, but you learn the most from it. It's no pain, no gain. Now, it's like scars. I think we talked about this in a previous episode. It's like scars, right? We might have, we might not have. But it's like scars. You get cut real bad. Then when your skin heals, it's this weird thing where your skin is never as soft as it was before. It's always tougher. It's almost to the point where it can't even be cut no more because the scars heal stronger, right, than the skin that you had previously, right? So if you just go through it and deal with it and don't avoid it, it'll, it'll heal up. It'll do what it needs to do. It's the same thing like with the scar, right? Same thing. Like if you're if you're if you keep pampering it and if you keep it wet and you don't let it air out, even though the air might affect it, it might hurt and it might be uncomfortable. But if you don't air it out, it doesn't heal the, the right way. It get, it can get affected even even more. But you're dealing with it on a temporary basis, and you're not putting in the work to really deal with it on a permanent basis. You're not putting in the work to make that that wound heal over, right? So. Honestly, like, I just, you know, it's one of those things that, again, this is the first episode in, so, or to the, the, the first new look episode in, so, I mean, definitely, definitely we're gonna, you know, it's gonna be fun to really have these types of conversations. I really can't wait, but, you know, just to, I, that's been on my, my heart pretty heavy for, for a week or so, but, um, yeah, man, like, don't, don't just cope, man. You gotta deal and you gotta feel. Oh, yes, you were. And you were my breath and fresh air. Yes, you were.
yes you were Don't mind if I stare, I'm on one Wanna play in your hair, I came from So electric Ain't no way you ain't the bomb From that Mia Wallace tattoo dancing all on your arm Perfect mix of enlightenment and street smarts The way you pull up on the campsite Turn me on, you was more than Just another light in the so, force um, And what better way to document it than Polaroid I got a confession to make I didn't vote I'm sorry It's it's not that I don't want to It's uh, and I, and I feel bad for not doing it Um, Actually I don't feel bad for not doing it I'll, ex I'll explain why But I know it's an unpopular thing to say. I know it's an unpopular thing to do, especially in this climate. Um, we talked, I think, a little bit about it before, but I didn't vote for the president either. Um, I didn't vote. I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. When it came down to it, and this is my thing, like, I, th I think the problem is I don't know enough about politics. Like, I don't understand things about politics. And there's times where I feel, I don't know, I feel... I feel bad about it. Like I feel, I feel dumb, and I don't. I one of my least favorite ways to feel is dumb. Like I really don't like to feel dumb. And honestly, how the election was, like I just felt dumb, right? Like I didn't. I don't know what a primary is for. Like I don't know. Like I, I truly like, and I'm fine with the comments. Like you can come with the comments, but I. Truly, I truly, truly feel bad about this. I I don't know what a primary is. Like, I don't know if I vote for somebody in the primary, am I not allowed to vote in a real election? Like, and if I vote for them in the primary, like, is that my vote now? And that's just kind of it. Like, I don't understand early voting. I don't understand none of that. None of that. And, and truth be told, when I even cared about politics, and I still care about politics, but not as much as I, as I did. But when I did care about it for the 2008 election, I was 17. So I didn't get to, I didn't get to vote for um, Obama, and I that's who I would have voted for because it felt, my God, like I can't explain the feeling of, uh, of when Obama was running for president and I'm 17 years old. And I'm like, this guy just sounded smart. And I know that sounds bad, but when we came off of I'm look, I was a I'm I'm a very mature person, so I'm probably a few years ahead of other people that are typically my age. Like I got married at 21, like I had a kid at 24, 23, 24, something like that. And um I don't know, I'm just I'm a little bit more mature than than a lot of my peers. And man, like coming off of having George Bush who didn't sound smart. And I don't think it was his accent. It was just parts of it. Like, he just didn't sound smart. He didn't come off as, as a bright guy. And I feel bad for it because he's not a dumb guy. When I go back and listen to interviews and I listen to how he handled um, the 9-11 thing and, and say what you will about that, but I get chills hearing him talk about it. Like, I get, I feel, I, it, it makes you f proud to be from such a diverse country, even though the country's not always proud of me. That, that is what it is. It's... It, I'll deal with that. I'll eat that. But when I go back and listen to some George Bush interviews, or not interviews, but not speeches, whatever they're called, I don't know, um, State of the Union, I don't know. But when he would talk, it was like, man, like, I, I yeah, we about to, we're not about to put up with somebody blowing up our buildings. Like, how, whatever, whatever you feel about it, it, it is, I guess, is kind of uh, irrelevant. I guess what my point is, like, you felt like 
yeah, I'm with you. Whatever you whatever you choose to do, I'm with you. I'm riding. I'm rolling, right? Um, but that's beside the point. I just remember from 2000 to 2008, it just there was always so many clips of him sounding dumb. And I got to be honest with you, for eight straight years, we didn't have one of those. We didn't have a clip of our president sounding dumb, like just sounding in, unintelligent. Like that was amazing. And then when he was, when Obama was running, you just got behind it and he had swag and his wife was, was, was cool and his kids were young and he just knew how to talk. He knew how to speak. He knew how to, how to engage us all. Even the ones that didn't really know what was going on, like a teenager, like myself. And I just remember being a senior in high school while he was running and, uh, or senior or junior, I can't remember. I can't remember, 2000, I graduated in 09. I don't know how the election things go. I graduated in 09, and I guess, what, he, can, he got elected in November, maybe? Yeah, 2008, so I guess I was a senior. And um, man, like, it, was, it just was lit. Like, I was so happy for my president to reflect me in a better way, right? To, to, be, to be a president of color and to have, intellect and intelligence and know how to speak and didn't look dumb and carried himself well and didn't look whack. Like there was something to be said about all of that. So I, I felt great about that. So then when it came time in 2012 to re-up, I'm like double down on it. I'm 21 at this point, I think, 21, 22. Uh, yeah, 21 at this point, I, I feel great about voting. Like I got out there, I voted. And I felt good about voting. And then I got there, and I'm to be honest with you, I'm like, oh, there's other stuff to vote for too. I'm being honest. Like, please, like, don't, don't, don't uh get mad at me for being honest. This is my honesty. So when I got there and I saw that there was other stuff on the ballot, I'm like, I don't know nothing about these. But I voted on those in anyway. Right? And um, I didn't feel good about that. I, I, and the reason I didn't feel good about it is because I didn't know what I was voting for or against. And I read the little description it said about the, whatever policy or issue we were, we were discussing, and I did that. And whoever I heard a commercial about the most that I didn't dislike, I think Sherrod Brown was on there the one year that I voted. And I was like, okay, I heard his commercial a bunch of times, or her, whatever, Sherrod, I don't know. I heard their commor commercial a bunch of times, so um, they, they must be the most of the most qualified candidate because they clearly did the most in making me hear them on the channels that I listen to. So if the people that I listen to uh, support them, I support them too. That was it. <laughs> that was how I made my decision. And I'm not, and there, the issues, like if I, saw, if I saw posters of the issues, I just voted on yes on them because it said vote yes. If I saw the poster, I'm like, I can vote yes on issue eight, whatever issue is and when it got to that final fateful page it was it said Mitt Romney uh, Romney Ryan or Barack Biden or whatever Obama Biden right I'm like I'm picking old Biden like that's who I want that's what I'm rolling with right so I got to that final page voted for that and I, I cast my ballot, and I felt great about it, and I went home, and then eventually Obama won, and it was amazing. It was great. I was like, yes, four more years. We're going to make this work. 
Um, and then four years came through, and it was time to vote again. And I really couldn't get behind any candidate. Honestly, two years prior to that, I saw Rand Paul. Rand Paul, if I'm not mistaken. I'm like, dang, I mess with with his policies. Like, I will not, I will never vote for a party off the strength. Like, that's not a thing. That's not a thing in my life. Like, I don't care what the party is. I promise you, I don't. Like, I care about the policies and what I and, and the things that make sense to me. And I, and you and everyone should vote for their interests. That's the most important thing. Vote for your interests. Do not vote because your friends are voting. Vote for your interests, right? So I'm like, I'm ready. I'm with it. Then when the election came around and it was like a year out, and I'm like, oh, my God. Trump is really running for president. And then it got... People was like, oh, he's not going to win. He's not going to win. And I remember saying that I'll never forget. I was like, don't be surprised if he wins. In 2014, I said that, I think. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. Then in 2015, early 2015, I was like, Trump's going to be president. Everybody was like, no, he couldn't be president. Like, this is a joke. People started dropping out of the race because they knew they couldn't win, that he overpowered them. He overpowered him. He he said things that were more buzzworthy, whether you liked it or whether you didn't. You knew a couple things. You knew he was going to, quote, unquote, make America great again, and you knew he was going to build a wall. The two things that I don't remember nothing else from anybody else's campaign. I don't remember. I was even willing to go with, uh, with another Bush. Pause. <laughs> but I was even willing to go there. I was with it. And I just don't know. I don't know anything about anybody else's policies. I didn't know anybody else's policies, but I did know build a wall. I did know make America great again. I knew those things. So when I told I would never have voted for Trump. And I told my friends, and I'm like, yeah, he's going to win. No, he's not. <laughs> All right. Bet. Christy, he's the other, only other person I knew. I still don't know none of his policies. Uh, Christy dropped out, went, went with the winning side, with the winning team. Huh? Another person drops. Another person drops. Another person drops. Cruz drops. Everybody drops. Little Marco drops. That's all. I remember everything Trump said. I don't remember nothing anybody else said. And that is how he won. Now, let me explain to you this. When it got down to it, everybody was like, oh, we got to vote for Hillary. But nobody could give me a concrete reason why. Hillary, to me, didn't seem like she wanted to be president. She seemed like she didn't want to lose the race. And there was a difference. She didn't seem ready to be president. She seemed ready to not lose. And she might have been the better choice. She ran a worse campaign. She looked worse. You have to understand, this is 2018 at the time, 2015, 2016. All that other stuff, I sounded like Romeo Miller. All that other stuff, <laughs> all that other stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It matter. Perception is everything now because if I perceive that you're successful, I perceive that you've got it together, then that's all that matters. That's all that matters. If I can give the perception that I'm dope, then I'm dope. It doesn't matter. We're going to get into that too because we're going to talk about that. But if I can give you the perception that I'm dope, then you're going to believe that I'm dope. That's what Trump did. That's what Trump did. He spoke to a people that weren't spoken to. And then every single time I'm like, nah, man, like we can't, we can't, uh, I don't know, we can't have Trump being, because Trump was not getting my vote. And I wanted, I wanted, wanted him to take my vote, right? 
Now, as I explained earlier, I don't understand how primaries work. I don't understand what early voting, how that works. I don't get it. Like, I don't know if I vote, if I would have voted for, and it, please correct me and, or contact me or anybody that knows anything about politics. Like, please, like, I would love to have you on the, on the podcast because I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm truly begging. Like, I don't understand, right? Um, so anyway, like, I don't understand how that works. So when I saw, like, Bernie was out, and honestly, Bernie ain't really have my, you know what I mean? Like, he ain't, I don't know. He ain't really catch my eye either. To be truthful, he didn't catch my eye. I didn't, under, I didn't know him. Right, but his policies, I did know. I did know his policies, and I didn't know anything. I don't remember anything about Hillary. No policies. Only thing I remember is all the things she said negative about Trump. Trumped up, trickled down. That's all I remember from from the Hillary race. Right, and then every single time I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go out and vote on whatever November sixteenth, whatever the date was. I'm gonna go out and vote. Something else would happen. Like something else, like what? Like them, them deleted emails. All that, all that stuff was confusing. Like what? It, what the hell is going on? What my country? Like who are these people that are running? So every time I'm like, I want somebody to steal my vote. Somebody take my vote. Holding my vote up in the air. Somebody take it. Nobody took it. I couldn't. I'm not voting for somebody off the strength. I was too old for that. I was too mature for that. I was 24. I'm trying to remember how elections or 25 at the time. I'm too old for that. Right? So so that honestly just kind of turned me off to politics. Nothing to me it just didn't I'm uh-huh. Okay. Okay, I'm not voting because you want me to because that doesn't that doesn't go for my interest. Neither neither one of them went for my interest. I'm not voting against myself. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So I just didn't vote because I couldn't and I couldn't muster up energy to vote. And then it didn't make sense for me. I'm a logical person. It didn't make sense for me to just vote for an independent off the strength. That's not a thing. That's not happening, right? So I'm not just gonna vote because. So I didn't do that either. I didn't vote because. Because I'm not about to burn a vote either. Like I'd rather just not go out, waste my time and do that. Like let y'all fight over that. Regardless, I'm not my life's not going to improve. My quality of life is not gonna improve based off of who's in office. That's not gonna happen. Like did, my life wasn't better because Obama was there. I just it just felt good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? My parents' life wasn't better because Bush was in was in office or worse because Bush was in office. We didn't really get affected by that. It, the, what happens in Washington? more often than not, doesn't really directly affect any of us, right? But I do believe in voting for the, um, the local elections. I do believe in that, and I think that that's more beneficial than voting in the, uh, in the uh, national election. Like, I understand that. Here's the problem, though. I didn't know what I was voting for, and that scares me. That's what scares me. I didn't know what I was voting for, and I didn't want, like, I don't want to vote. There's an issue, I think it was issue one in Ohio, and I don't even really know the ins and outs of it. You you guys know if you listen to the show, we, we deal in Boz Facts out here. So um, I really don't know what it was what it was even for, but I know it, like, it could potentially get people out of jail or potentially put people in jail that deserve to be there. And based off of the information I just gave you, I think you can come to the conclusion that I didn't really know what I was talking about 
or I don't really know what I'm talking about. Do you want somebody like me voting? Now, you want me on your team. <laughs> you want me on your team if I vote for your interests, right? But what if I vote against your interests just because I wanted to burn a vote? That is my issue. And I don't think anybody should vote until they understand what they're voting for. And I think that's what I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna fight for and advocate for now. Like, I understand now, like, okay, got you. That's the issue. That's my problem. <laughs> my problem is I don't know what to vote for or what any issue means. And I'm not passionate enough about either side to vote either way because I'm not passionate enough about this topic to put people in jail. And I'm not passionate enough about it to get people out of it because I don't... <laughs> You know, I only yell free one person at this time, this moment in time. That's Valero. Like, you know, keep your head up. Well, you're going to get out. You're going to get out. But uh, but other than that, there's nobody else I'm, I'm, I'm advocating to free from prison because I don't know what you did or why you need to get out or what you're going to do when you get out. Like, I'm, I don't know. And and truth truth be told, you don't want me voting either because I don't I'm not educated enough, and I don't want anybody voting that's not educated enough if it's going to affect my family in a positive and or negative way. Don't do not vote unless you know what you're voting for. And this year, this time around, like I want to fully understand who and why who I'm voting for and why I'm voting for them. And I and I think everyone should have that same kind of feeling. Everyone should have that same kind of feeling because, man, this, this time I didn't vote, I, I felt guilty. And, and the reason I felt guilty wasn't because I didn't vote. I was happy I didn't vote. The reason I felt guilty is because I had no idea what were my interests this time around. <laughs> like... I'm so busy dealing with my debt. I'm so busy dealing with what I have going on that I don't even know what to vote for to help my situation because I'm dealing with my, with my stuff. I'm dealing with my issues, right? Like we just talked about dealing with it. I'm dealing with my issues. And, and for me, voting, in my opinion, voting wasn't going to fix any of my issues. So why even waste my time learning about it? But I'm not doing that no more. You you got my word. I'm not doing that no more. You know, I am going to I'm going to to reach out and I'm going to look to learn what what are my interests? What do these issues mean? Is it something I am for or is it something I'm against? Like these are things I need to figure out. These are things I need to figure out and um yeah, like First, I want to apologize to anybody that I offend by not voting because I know that that does offend people because I understand our ancestors have died for that right to vote. I understand that, and um, I'm with that, and I get it, and, and, and I'm sorry for that, but I'm not sorry I didn't vote out of ignorance because the only thing worse than somebody that votes or somebody that doesn't vote is somebody that does vote and doesn't know what they're voting for, Like, to, in my opinion, right? So... Yeah, I think I think going forward, I'm really gonna make more of an effort to understand what these issues are, to care more about the environment, and to care to go out and kind of meet people, meet with people of whom these these policies can affect. Because even if it doesn't affect me, and if I know enough people that it does affect, then that'll be my interest, right? So I, I, going forward, like I, I think I am gonna do that, but.
up until that point, boy, uh, I'm not voting until I know what I'm voting for. Like, that's, that, nah, I can't do it. Because, wow. Just, just wow. And I can fuck with you. And if you break my heart, like all these girls do. I mean, I'll always have my tarts. They're much more sweeter than you. I've been on my own and I don't need nobody else. I've been on my own and I don't need nobody else. And I think the, uh, the last thing I want to get into, because this is, this does affect me. <laughs> this does affect me. Uh, real quick, I need to take a sip of my water, even though I just came back from a little intermission. Don't judge me. If you heard that, that's my son screaming in the background. I'm about to go up there and, and throw him out the window into the snow, which I'm upset about too. It's snowing. And it's not even like, you know how it's like, a, sometimes it's like a dope first snow where it's like, oh my God, like it's pretty outside. Like, nah, nah. In Cleveland, Ohio, whatever, wherever you at in Ohio, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's the same way all of Northeast Ohio. It's trash. It's just cold outside. It's brisk. And it's that trifling snow. It's that trifling snow that just kind of blows over things. Like it just, it hurts. As soon as you go outside, you be like, you take a breath and then you have to breathe in your breath. You ever breathed in your breath like <gasps> like that? That's how cold it is outside. As soon as you step outside, you take a deep breath in, then you go, oh, my God, I wasn't ready. Then you take another breath. It's trifling. But anyway, that's beside the point. I don't even know why. Oh, sorry. All right, got you. Back, back, back at it. So anyway, something else I guess that kind of frustrates me, and I, I want to get to a point where um, – I want to get to a point where it just doesn't bother me anymore. But anybody that knows me, they you know I'm like I'm I'm music I'm musically I'll say gifted. I'm musically gifted. I've been singing since I was three or four. I've been playing instruments. Hmm. I guess me starting to play instruments happened when I was ten. But I've been seriously like you know not perfect. I'm perfecting my craft. Like it's I'm just not anywhere near perfect, but perfecting my craft for. For with instruments since I was 21, so about six years, um, playing instruments, right? And I guess I'm just at a point like I'm I'm watching all of these old shows like with uh like with Smokey Robinson and with um, with uh, I, I just watched the 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 documentary of what was it of Quincy Jones. I just watched that documentary the other day and just watching him and watching that, I don't know, it was dope. Like he was just talented and his talent got him recognized and noticed and people cared because he was talented. That was dope to me, right? And and I just got done watching a Nat King Cole uh, documentary also on Netflix, um, which it was just, I, it was just interesting. And um, I, I really, I love, anybody that knows me knows like my favorite type of movies are either dry humor or biopics. Don't ask me why. But I just love seeing those things and how people come up and, and how people are discovered and the struggle and the, and the hustle that they had in them and they just did their thing no matter what. And those people just stuck. Like those people needed a break. They needed to catch a break. And for me, I like seeing that. Now, this is what's frustrating to me now. 
right? What's frustrating to me as an artist, as a musician, as somebody that has been in this, like, been doing music for a minute now. I've been doing music for a minute, like, pretty consistent, not consistently, but I've been doing music. Um, and even though I don't put nothing out, I play or sing every single day, right? Um, so I, I, if anybody knows, you know, my background, uh, I started rapping probably when I was 16, is when I really started like putting words together. I was like, oh, I could probably do metaphors. I can do this. I can do that. Right. So I started rapping at 16 and then I reconnected with one of my closest friends, Johnny, uh, who's a producer um, still to this day and a rapper. But uh, I reconnected with him because he rapped in, he, when we were in middle, nah, before middle school, we were in fifth grade. Um, we would start, he would rap and I would beatbox. And, and then I, everybody knew I could sing in my school because I went, out for a solo and everybody knew I could sing. So everybody just knew that I was, I, I, I knew how to do music because my dad always did music and he was outspoken and, and he always would sing and he always would bring that stuff um, as well. So everybody knew I could sing, everybody knew I could do that. But my dude, he would rap and then uh, when he would rap, I would beatbox for him and that's how, you know, that's how our musical like relationship started and to, and, ugh, when we were 10 years old. Right. So when we reconnected when I was like 15, 16 after because we graduated eighth grade together and then we uh, we split off into different. We went to different high schools, uh, but our high schools ended up being up the street from each other. So we ended up reconnecting in a weird way that way. Well, when I got my license, when I was like 16, we reconnected on the music and uh, I would I produced some music and um, and we would well, I'm trying to let me make sure I do it. Well, okay, we were on MySpace. I'll take it back a little bit. We were on MySpace, and uh, I would hit him up like, hey, you know, I just, I just kind of thought of this little verse to I Got Money or whatever, the 50 Cent song. He was like, oh, word. I, I type it out. He'll be like, oh, then he'll type out some bars, and then we'll just be typing bars every other weekend or something like that. Uh, well, one day we, was just, we just connected or whatever. I borrowed my dad's car. We connected. We put on a beat, and we were just freestyling the car. Uh, and then one of my homies on my on my block, he would rap too. So we would all rap together. It was really dope, right? So we would all rap together, and um, eventually we would. Me and my dude uh, Manny, who's a personal trainer now, uh, me and my dude Manny, we would just be one day we were uh, walking like click, dun dun to click, dun dun to click, dun dun to click. So we we kind of freestyled a whole song right there. And uh, I was like, bro, I'm going to put this together. I'm going to put this music together behind this, whatever. So I went home. I put some music behind it because my dad was a musician, so he had the equipment. So I put some music behind it. And uh, we all got on this song. And, and eventually, we started recording music together. So I started rapping uh, when I was about 16, 16, 17. And I rapped. I went kind of hard for a few years till I was... About 20, 21 is when I kind of tapered off. And a lot of people don't know, like, the re one of the reasons I tapered off is because it stopped being about music. Like, when it was about music, it was lit. When it was about, when we had to go perform, we would, um, we would perform and we would open up for these, like, some, sometimes obscure, like, uh, uh, headliners, sometimes pretty well-known headliners, sometimes uh, locally popular headliners, but we would we would open up for these people. And 
the most frustrating thing with me is like I could not figure out a way to sell tickets. I couldn't sell these tickets. I had thousands of friends on Facebook. I had thou or a uh, few hundred at the time. Instagram or Twitter wasn't even really that popping, but um, it was popping. Twitter was kind of popping, but Instagram, I don't even know if Instagram was a thing, but that's beside the point. So I had thousands of friends on Facebook. So I would post these links like, yes, you know, if you want to see us perform, boom, come out to the show. No, like a couple people would be like, oh, I'm, I'm with it, I'm there. And then nobody would show up. So selling tickets was increasingly difficult. So I would meet these people at the shows. I'm like, you know what? This is our opportunity. We need to sell the tickets. I'm not selling the tickets, so I would just front the money. So I'll front the money, and I would go, like, and at this time, I had no money. So I, would, I wouldn't eat to be able to front the money so we can get in front of people and perform and do what I knew that we could do, right? So we went in front of people, we performed, and I would front the money. Then we would get these fans, but we were at these people's venues that were open, that were headlining. So basically, like, their fans were already their fans. So anytime they wanted to sell tickets, they would sell tickets to these core group of fans, and we would get new fans, but they wouldn't buy the tickets. So I think the thing that irritated me with doing music was the fact that it had to be this popularity contest. That really frustrated me because I knew in every stage I've ever been on, I've been more, and I'm not trying to be arrogant, but every stage I've ever been on since I've been rapping and performing, I've been more talented than any other person on the stage, like more raw talent. Like there's a, there's a raw, I can sing without practicing, like that kind of raw talent, out the gate talent, out the womb talent, right? I can play instruments, I can sing, I can write, I can per perform, I can do X, Y, and Z, I can do all these things. So I had more talent than any other person that would ever perform. Everybody else would just put these raps together. Mind you, rapping is my least of my ability, and I was better than these people. Like, the bars just sounded better, right? So it would get frustrating and now it's like how where, where music has gone, it's like you just... you. We're gonna, how music has gone, I'll get back into it, but how music has gone is you have to be popular. People have to know who you are, which has always been the case, but it used to be people would know who you were based off of your talent. Now people don't give a damn about your talent if they don't know who you are. So that's frustrating to me, because I know that I can, I can sing my butt off, like, like I can, play I can do a, I can play multiple instruments like it's it's and I know it's a raw talent because I just started six years ago and I'm already on like my 10th instrument learning how to play it so yeah like it's frustrating to me that music has turned into this thing that's why I think I like her so much because her is like she's not ugly but I don't know what she looks like and I don't care because her music is dope and she's talented and she can play multiple instruments and she can sing, right? But I, th I think that's my frustration with where music is. Like, you just got to be known. Like, these people like Lil Pump like, and all these other people, like, like Lil Yachty, like, these people are trash and I feel bad, but they're not good. They're not good. Like, the things that I like about them has nothing to do with them. I like their production. That's it. <laughs> Whoever is engineering some of their, their sessions, I love whoever's engineering their sessions. 
But that's it. I don't like their bars. I don't like their voice. I don't even like Lil Yachty's voice. The only thing about Lil Yachty I like is when he be like, go, 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 with a stove. When he do that little weird thing with his voice. Other than that, Lil Yachty's trash. And I just get, you know, I'm not, I'm not hating. I am sort of hating. Whatever. Whatever. Everybody hates. Nah, but <laughs> I'm not, like, hating. Like, I'm not outwardly hating. I'm just saying it, it, it does get frustrating as a musician who, who's talented um, or somebody who's talented who has the talent. And I'm going to get into this, too. I'm so glad I just remembered this. Somebody that has the talent, it gets frustrating for us, man. Like, it gets really frustrating for us. And we live in this, it's, it's a weird thing, because we live in a society where anybody can do anything they want, right? But I think people should do the things that they're good at. And instead of doing the things that they're good at, they do things that get them attention. And then based off of that attention they get, they cloud these, these arenas. When I say arenas, I mean the uh, spaces, like, um, like, I can't even think of the word, but like not fictional, but like, you know, um, pervert, like the, a proverbial arena, right? They get into it and they wash out or overshadow or flood the, the, the market to the point where the people that actually have the talent don't even get seen or, or heard or anything like that. This is why I love sports. This is why I love sports because you're either good or you're not. <laughs> like you can either defend the person in front of you or you cannot. Look at Dak Prescott. Look at Dak Prescott. He was given an opportunity, right? He, he took the opportunity and he exceeded expectations, exceeded expectations. Nobody expected a ton out of the Cowboys when Tony Romo went down, right? Nobody did. He exceeded expectations. He was given, I think this is his third year. He was given three years. He has been given three to four years, something like that, right? To prove himself and to keep his job. Now I just saw an article somewhere that said, you know, Dak Prescott is a has the talent of like a backup in the in the NFL. And I would agree, he hasn't done much with his opportunity as of late. So he had his shot and he dropped a baton and now it's done. It's through, it's over. I like that. He was given an opportunity because he was better than X, Y, or Z player. Now X, Y, or Z or now Q, Y, Q, R, and S player is better than him, right? And he probably should lose that. He should lose that opportunity. He had the opportunity. He had the baton. He dropped it. And I wish every arena was like that because there are people that just have skill in things that they should be in in certain positions. And there are people that don't do not have talent, do not have skill in things that are doing things that they should not be doing. Right? Like they are doing things they should not be doing. And that frustrates me. Even so much as somebody like a Drake. If anybody know has known Drake, the thing about Drake I like is that he is a manufactured talent. He is a manufactured talent. He's like a Kobe. He's like a Kobe. When I look at talent, I feel like there's there even like Jordan, but Kobe is a manufactured talent, meaning he had to work to get the skill he had. Work tirelessly working on his shots to get the skill that he has. Tirelessly working on it to get to the level he got to, right? Whereas LeBron kind of just was good for three years, four years, 
And then he probably started to, maybe even when he got to Miami is when he really started to to really like be a gym rat. Because now he's definitely a gym rat. But honestly, for the first couple of years, he was in the clubs in Cleveland. Like, and he was a teenager, so it is what it is. But he was in the clubs in Cleveland. Like, he, like LeBron is just naturally gifted and naturally talented. So the amount of work he has to put in is a lot less than a Kobe, right? But Kobe is still great. And I look at Drake as more of a Kobe. Like, Drake is not a great singer. Like, I know people don't want to hear that. Drake is not a great singer. He's a manufacturer singer. He learned how to do it. He took vocal lessons to be able to sing. Um, Drake is an okay, he's an okay rapper, but he's kind of, like, he kind of figured that out. Like, some people are just gifted. Biggie was, like, just a gifted person, like a gifted rapper, right? Drake is kind of more manufactured. Like, he had to figure out how to do it. So he's more of a Kobe, Right? But some of these people, in my opinion, are a, hmm, I, I hate to say it, like a Brandon Ingram. Tall, big, length, you got a lot of length. Pause. Jesus. <laughs> got a lot of length. But, like, he don't really put it all together. Like, he don't really, mm, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like how some, in my opinion, how some of these rappers are. Like, they kind of, mm, they got they got a following, but they don't really know how to shoot. You know, like, they ain't really consistent with the rock. So, I guess that's why I get frustrated. So, I'm glad now, I'm kind of all over the place in this segment, but I'm glad now that there's somebody like a her or like a Daniel Caesar who don't who isn't like, like an uber pause, like an uber attractive guy, or you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm happy, I'm very happy that there's more people like that coming out who are just gifted and talented and know what they're doing than, oh, this person's popular, let's pay attention to them. Because there's a singer, I don't know what her name is, but that little, I'm a text back Brian, I'm a Lorenzo, that song is trash. That song, I'm sorry. Like, whoever likes that song, I'm sorry. She cannot sing. That is one of the worst, like, I, I, that's one of the worst things I ever heard on the radio. I used to hear that type of music eight years ago on Reverb Nation from local artists that had no spin. Nobody was listening to them. And I would pop pop into it. I'm like, ugh, why are you uh, trying too hard, ma? Like, ugh, that song is trash. And the only reason she got, uh, I guess she got a record deal. I don't know who has a, who's independent or not, whatever. The only reason she got that is because she already had a following. So they're like, oh, we're going to put some money behind it, right, and get some money off of her and put some auto-tune on it, and she don't have to have any talent. She didn't write that song, and if she did, it's trash. Whoever wrote the song, they, that's a trash writing job because I'm, I pride myself on writing well. So... I don't know. That's just frustrating me. That's me just getting some stuff off my chest, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, I just wish that we can get back to a point where people do what they're good at and they and they get... Pre Another thing I watch is a James Brown story. Same type of thing. Like People get noticed off of what they were good at, right? They fell into something that they were good at and people noticed it and they were reward rewarded for it. Like I like that. <laughs> I like the idea of that. Like I'm I'm all for that. And I wish that I wish that everything would be like that. Because then people could go into the lanes that they're supposed to be in. Like some people are supposed to be like corporate business people. 
Like they fit in that lane. Like some people maybe should be custodial custodians. Like like everybody's success is subjective, right? Like so for me, and I don't know, I'm I'm always gonna do music forever, but I'm not trying no more. Ugh, I'm not doing that. I don't got the energy. I can't, nah, nope. I can't be popular enough for that. And I don't want to. I honestly, I don't know if I want everybody in my business, you know? And I don't know if I don't know if I I want to need people to follow me in order for me to be a successful artist. So when I put my music out, it's just gonna be putting my music out. I'm not trying to to, I'm not trying to get noticed or seen or nothing like that. It's just me putting my music out because that's that's one of my gifts. It's my God-given gift, and it's I think it's my God, it's it's my duty, right to to use that talent uh, to, for a positive for a pro- positive purpose. So. Yeah, That's how I feel big about that. I was yeah. with. Excuse I me, please, bro. Take my keys. I don't need these. I'm drunk and I ain't trying to go home. It's been a long night, a long night. And I ain't trying to go home. It's been a long night, a long night. But I ain't trying to go home. It's been a long night, a long night. I ain't trying to go home. I'm trying to kick it with you, baby. You don't know what you do. Say you want me, and we can get into it. Yeah. Say you want me, and let's enjoy the music. You don't be too high, don't you be too shy. Yeah. I see what you like. So what we doing tonight? So sad. We're nearing the end of our, our epic journey. It's been real. I've liked spending spending this past hour or so with you guys. It's it's been nice. It's been. Nice and cozy. I feel like I, I feel like I know you, so much better now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So, um, one thing I want to do differently um, is for every episode, I kind of just want to, you know, put a put a spotlight on someone. And this being the first episode of this new. I don't know. It's not a season, but this new season, the proverbial season, I guess, so to speak. Um, I want to just I, I want to put a spotlight on the you know the music that we use that we use today, and that we'll probably continue to use um, as far as the be, you know the beginning song. We'll, we'll probably continue continue to use that. But um, yeah, I want to shout out Mellow Exact. You know, I think everybody should should go follow him. Uh, he's been he's been very active for a while. Went to school for for art. Um, I've known him forever, and uh, we like really grew up in this whole music thing together. Um, so I just want to shout him out, man. Uh, so follow him on Instagram. I, I don't know if he's on Twitter, but I don't really care because I don't really use Twitter. So. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead and follow him at Mellow Exact. That's at M E L L O W X Z A C K T. Um, follow him. It, good, good art, like visual art and, and good audible art, art as well. Like good music, um, stuff that I actually rock with. And I've I've messed with Mellow for a minute. I've liked Mellow's music for a, a long time. I've had the pleasure of having part in some of it. Uh, one of the songs we kind of excerpted earlier today, but yeah, that's that's what we doing. That's how we rocking. Um, so as 
as always, if you guys are familiar with the podcast, if you're new, great. I love it. <laughs> if you're if you've been kind of rocking with us, even better. Um, but we're not gonna change that, right? So I want we always end on things that we can be for the next week or so, right? And the first thing I would say is uh be educated. Be educated. This election showed me that education is the most important thing, right? Um, because if we know what we're doing, if we know why we're doing something, uh, I think it makes a little bit more sense. Um, so going forward, I know I'm going to force myself to be more educated. Uh, the second thing I would say is to be open. When I say be open, I mean be open with your feelings. Don't don't cope, but feel and deal, right? Like, I think I think that's gonna take us all a long way. I think that's a good way to kind of to kind of. I guess the new year is coming. Jesus, I guess that's a good way to kind of be though. Going into that, just don't yeah, just be open. Don't don't close yourself off. Feel feel what what, what you're feeling and deal with it, and then move on and move on. And and as always, I will just love love to tell everybody that we're back and to be official and I appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you. I've been doing good like a naughty headed nigga spose. Never meant to make it past 21 a nigga told. But I'm right here. I deserve a toast. Praise to the most high. I get high the most. Whoa. Say hallelujah, hallelujah.